People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello there, welcome to another episode of Bizarre Tales. And Lee, you have a very weird one for us today, don't you? This is not not your normal ghost story, is it? It's, well, it or alien. I, technically, I don't know what it is, right? Um, it is classed as, like you said, a ghost story slash alien or UFO um, story, and. Obviously, when we get into the story, that will come apparent why. But I've read it a couple of times. It's an interesting, really interesting story, to be fair. And I'm like, I still don't know. Yeah. But, you know, we'll talk about... We don't know what it is. We'll talk about that that at the end, like, so... Um, Okay, so the story itself takes place in the seaside town of Sandown. uh, And for those who don't know, that is on the Isle of Wight. Um... You know, it's got a rich history that goes right back to the Roman period, etc., etc. It's you know, it's it's a typical seaside British town. You know what I mean? Even though it's on an island, but the events that we're going to talk about were published in the Bufora magazine. Okay, and the Bufora, for those who don't know, is the British uh, UFO research organization. Okay, so a little background on Bufora. Bufora. Um, I think they're disbanded now. I think they're disbanded in the early 2000s. Uh, but they were going since 1964. Uh, and they used to publish a magazine every... I think it was bi-monthly, something like that. Uh, and obviously this story we're going to talk about, which is called Sam the Sandown Clown, um, appeared in the January-February edition of the 19, uh, 1978, basically. All right, and actually the cover of this before uh, a magazine, if you get a chance to see, it actually has a picture of him on, and it, it it will be worth looking at, you know. And again, I'll put it up on the the uh, Facebook group so people can see it anyway. But um, th- definitely, it's worth looking at. Okay, um, so let's get in to the story. Then the events of the story are told by the father of the daughter who witnessed this. Okay, so. Basically, it's like you know second-hand information, if you like, but it's but it's direct um, quote, you know, t- uh, of what she said. So it's not like it's um, more believable than a yeah, friend. It, it, or it's basically what she told him, and he and then he relayed what she told him. So, um, but anyway, she was age seven at the time, and uh, she was only known as Frey in the uh, in the in the ma- magazine. And then obviously, the, the the father and the two children that were involved weren't never were never named. Okay, so we don't exactly know who they were, but. Yeah, um, they, they just kept out of it because I wanted it to be. Because again, still in these days, you know, remember this is still the seventies. This is the sort of stuff you don't go running around broadcasting, right? Again, no. you'll get you'll get to see why. Interestingly, though, just on just before I move on to the story, the the caption over the picture of the Bufora magazine actually said "Ghost" or "Spaceman." So we know what you was on about earlier. So yeah. when yeah, you know, when I come into this, and we'll, you'll see why that's relevant. Okay, so 
Frey and a boy, so this boy and girl, who were both about seven year old, were playing on um basically it's like a common area. It's just um it's a place where I don't know what it used to be, but it's like um you call it like a we call it a woods. Do you know what I mean? But it's not when we say woods in the UK, we don't generally always mean like a forest. Trees, yeah. do we? Sometimes it's like a grassy area with a few trees. We call that like a woods, but that's like a common area where you go play, walk the dog, uh, fly your kite, all that good shit, eat yes. ice cream. Exactly. So that's where they was playing, and it was a Tuesday afternoon, about four o'clock, right? And this is May, all right? So it's summertime. And uh, Frey and, we'll call this little boy Harry for sake of ease, Frey and Harry, the two children, heard a, a weird wailing sound, right, which they describe being similar to a siren. Um, and for those who, who can't imagine the, the sound that they heard, it goes something like this. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> painting a picture of a word, you know. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, obviously they were curious about this, and this... It's it's basically like a drained off area. This common land. So you've got this you've got this common land that's basically a grassy area. Then next to that you've got like a which an area that is wooded, and then on the other side of that you've got an airport. All right, and it's got a fence around and all the rest of it. And obviously these two children assume that this wailing noise was coming, or this siren noise was coming from the airport. Yeah, makes sense. So curiosity got the better of them, and they decided to go and find the noise and see what it, see what was emitting it. I must point out that they obviously knew what police cars and things sounded like, and they knew that it wasn't that. Yeah, it's, it's almost similar, like an air raid siren. It's a similar sort of sort, yeah. I mean, it could well be, yeah. But anyway, they went through the woods, and they're getting closer to the noise, so they keep going, and eventually they come out the other side of the woods, and they come across this wooden footbridge, okay? And the noise stops. Right okay. now they're discussing it between themselves. Like, well, what, you know, it was from, it's definitely admitting from this area. You know, they're not far. They know they're not far away from where the sound was. So they both stood on this bridge, looking around, trying to work out what's going on here. And at that moment, a hand appeared to come up the side of the bridge from under the bridge, you know, like a troll, mm. and touched the uh, top of the thing. And it was a. Uh, well, they describe it as being. Uh, a human-looking hand, but although I only had three fingers that were covered in a blue glove. All right. So as you can imagine, these two were um, shitting themselves. A little bit shocked at this. Yeah. Anyway, as they stood there, the figure emerged, and again, this this figure that emerged is strange. Okay, but as he pops up, he was fumbling around with a book. All right. He had a little notepad, and he dropped the notepad into the water. All right, because there's a stream running underneath this. Um, it's not deep, but it's a little stream that runs under this um, bridge there. And he dropped his book into this water, and he spent qu- quite a number of minutes trying to fish this book out. All right, and again, you can imagine these two kids are watching this site. Um, and at, at this point, I'm just going to describe him as a clown. We'll get into the description in a minute, but they're watching this, and they're a bit bemused, let's say. So they stuck around... Out of curiosity, but they didn't stay, if you know what I mean. They sort of started backing up, yeah? Yeah. But not sprinting out of there, which 
again, you know, kids, you've got to imagine it's seven year old. This is interesting. You know, this is weird, isn't it? So, um, and at this point, he hasn't really said anything to him. So it's all like, you know, what's going on here? So, but they wanted to get out of there. They knew this was a bit weird. So they wanted to get out of there, but they didn't want to miss it. Miss the show. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of them. So, um, people have asked, you know, why didn't they run away and that? Well, it's just, they wanted to run away, but there was like, it's just, what is going on here? Anyway, so eventually, as they back away, now they're about 50 yards from the bridge now, something like that, and um, this figure got out of the water, walked up the bank there and into this um, building. I mean, the best way to describe this is like a shack that was just at the side of the river there, or the side of the woods, sorry, and uh, if you imagine the old-style caravans... Um, similar to you remember the old the Roman Egyptian caravans that used to get pulled by horses the wooden ones yeah 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 yeah. it's similar to that but without the wheels so you can imagine you know what you're looking at here but but I think it was made from metal um, rather than wood but it's a similar sort of shape yeah anyway this figure went in there and he came out and this time he was carrying a black knobbed (laughs) Um, Why did it? Yeah, I smiled at that as well. <laughs> a black knob microphone, okay. And it did have a cable with it as well. And it's, that wailing noise started again, all right, that siren. And this time it was even louder than it was before. Um, uh, and the kids did get a little bit more scared. And, yeah, uh, I would say at this point. So they did start to move away quite quickly now. Um but again, it, it, this noise, they describe it as being right on top of them. You know, they knew it was emitting from him, you know, right over there, now 100 yards away or so. But it felt like it was in their air holes. You know, it, it, it's difficult to describe, but it was on top of them. This sound was like um, immersing them, okay? Yeah. Um, and eventually it said, hello, are you still there? Um and again, you know, this sort of the wailing noise stopped, and the air this into you know round them round the heads. The air, hello, are you still there? And again, they they were like, hang on a minute, this is strange. It's got a strange appeal again to it now. So they're like, they stopped. All right, um, and they went back towards this figure, and it it was mumbling, and and they, they described the way this thing spoke to them as almost like. Somebody talking who mumbles, or because he, he he had a face covering on, say, um, this this mask that he had on, which I'll go into in a sec. But you imagine a clown face; he had like a covering over his face, so yeah. it was difficult to understand. And and the the, the words he was saying was um, like a mumble as well. Anyway, they went back to him, and uh, so I'll go into the, the the appearance now. So he was seven feet tall. Yeah, he had no discernible neck. All right. Um, and again, this could have been from the outfit that he was wearing rather than his physical makeup, but mm-hmm. they say he didn't have a neck, so we'll go with that. Um, could have just been fat. I don't have a neck. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was seven foot tall. Like I say, his, his head seems to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. Kate. He wore a yellow pointed hat, which interlocked with a red collar onto his green tunic, okay? Um, he had a round black knob <laughs> that was affixed to the top of his hat, uh, and that looked to be wooden. 
All right. You know, like you used to see in the old dolls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Antennas and stuff were attached to either side. His face had a triangular, triangular markings for eyes. All right, and a brown square in the middle, as you'd, you know, where the nose would be, let's say, and it's and like an oval of yellow where the you know as lips. Uh, so you can imagine this face. So you've got the um, the square nose, the round mouth, and the triangle eyes. Okay. <laughs> Um, you can understand where it's got the name clown. From. Well, that's what I say. Yeah. But in- interestingly enough, I mean, again, again, to what the kids say, they don't make reference to it being a a clown. They anyway. Let's so. Um, okay, so interestingly, the lips themselves, this this oval, when it, this thing was speaking, they never moved. All right. Right. Okay. So that was just like a you know a fixed thing. Um, his face, the actual face part of him was white, like really white. Um, and again, these, these shapes almost look like they was made of wood to the kid's eye. They, they look like they was made of wood and stuck on like, you know, but anyway, um, he also had a piece of, um, out of, underneath his hat, there was a piece of hair hanging down and it did look like it was red. All right. That, you know, when they first saw him. Uh, wooden slats protruded from his sleeves uh, and also from uh, below his white trousers. Um, so the two kids had a conversation with his figure, all right? And he pulled out a notebook and started to write these words in this notebook. So he, he wrote, as he wrote it, if you read it, it wouldn't make sense, okay? So the girl was looking at it and she, obviously she could read and she was looking at these words and she was like, this doesn't make sense. And, and what he did, he... He pointed to the word, and she read the word. So he had all these words on this page, this notepad that he had, and he pointed to the word, and she read the word out that he pointed to. And the sentence that came from that was, Hello, and I am all colours Sam. Right? So, Hello, I am all colours Sam. Again, I mean, that sort of makes sense now, but the, you know, so he's trying to. So they assumed his name is All Colors Sam, and that's where we get the name from. But um, okay, fair enough. At this point, the children got a bit closer to him, and they started to ask him questions. Okay, and again, like I say, his lips didn't move, but this this voice was obviously coming out from him, and it was difficult to understand. Um, he had ripped clothes, and one. So the boy basically asked, "Cause." his appearance the way he was and he was a bit tatty looking right let's say that yeah so the boy said to him you know are these the only clothes that you've got yeah because obviously you won't be wearing um ripped clothes yeah yeah and he obviously said he, he said there was but because of his appearance right they asked him are you a man to which sam replied no so they asked well are you a ghost? Right? Yeah. And um, and again, this is where we get this this thing. Are you a ghost? And obviously Sam, Sam replied, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. So are you a man? No. Are you a ghost? Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. Okay? That doesn't so make the, sense. Well, so yeah. the children asked then, all right then, so what are you then? 
And Sam just replied with like a very vague sort of answer, you know. Right. Okay. Right. So. It doesn't give much away. No. And he didn't, obviously he didn't go into any more detail other than that. He just said to him, you know. Yeah. So this is where we get the the children, when they come back and tell a story, they say they saw a ghost. Yeah, because they don't really know know what he was. They don't have a clue. No. Um... He also stated that he had no name, uh, apart. F- uh, but obviously, when she, the, he got the girl to read out the sentence that he pointed to on this page, he it did say, "I am all colourful, colours Sam." So they gave him the name Sam, but he he didn't say he had a name. Okay. Yeah, well, Sam could mean an acronym for something. It, yeah, it could mean you know anything. I mean? Yeah, so it might not have been but his name, but they called him Sam. Let's say. Yeah. Um. He did let them know that he was scared of human beings, all right, and he was afraid of being attacked by them. Um, and he, he said that he wouldn't be able to fight back, which again is interesting. Um, he then asked the children if they would like to come inside his uh, hut. This hut that I described earlier as being this this windowless sort of look. I mean, like I say, it's the shape of a caravan. You know, the old fashioned caravan. It was made of metal though, uh, which you know is different from the old caravan. But it didn't have any windows in it. All right. And he asked them if they would like to come in there with him. Um, I'm hoping they said no. No, this, though. The, yeah, this I know. sounds real like. I know it does. As soon it? as you put that in there, it almost sounds like it's gone from a. Um, it's gone very creepy, hasn't it? All yeah. of a sudden, yeah. but um, but no, they 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 accepted his invitation and uh, he entered through. So he went over to this metal hut and he op- opened like a little flap towards the bottom of the um, one of the sides. There. there was a little flap at the bottom, like a cat flap, right? Um, and he opened that and crawled inside. And so the kids followed him. All right. At this point, Sam removed his hat. All right, and they could see little tiny white ears and this sparse brown hair on top, or reddish brown hair on top. Uh, the children described the interior of this uh, metal caravan shack thing, if you like, as containing two levels. Okay, the the ground level was wallpapered in a blue green um, wallpaper, which was co- covered in like a, a dial sort of pattern, and and. The drawings that they made of this is almost like um, it, it could be a dial. So you imagine a safe, yeah. right? So you've got like a circle and you've got these little lines all the way around it, that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this pattern was, although some of the li- lines extended outside the circle. So if you imagine, if you look from it for a distance, it looked like a star. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that so that's kind of what this paint, this wallpaper looked like. Now, whether... Euphoro actually investigate whether that wallpaper existed um, I don't know but I wouldn't have thought that would be very difficult to not in Sandown in, mm. you know on the island oh, well, I, yeah. you know, there won't be that many places selling I also wouldn't imagine if <laughs> saying it being an alien being I can't imagine an alien wallpaper <laughs> Well, yeah, but then <laughs> we think they'd have if, a little bit more we don't know if it was, we don't know if it was his shack do we so no. it might have just been somewhere where he was hiding now anyway so the ground, like the ground floor, was covered in this wallpaper. Okay, uh, had an electric heater and basically very simple wooden furniture, table, chair, etc. Yeah. Um, 
Now, the, the top floor, if you like, and there's only two floors, I say, but the top floor had a little less headroom, so it was, you know, it was sort of two-thirds of the way up. Yeah. Um, and they obviously presume that's where he slept. Um, he did mention to him that this wasn't the only place he lived. He had a, he had actually had a he had a camp on the mainland, so in England. Uh, for those who don't know, Isle Man is obviously an island separate. You know, there's there's water between us. Yeah, us it's about a quarter of a mile from Portsmouth. Yeah, it's not far. But um, he actually indicated that he had a camp on the mainland somewhere. Didn't allude to exactly where, but I don't think the kids really asked. Um, yeah, but he did say he, he spent a lot of it, half his time here, half his time in the mainland. Um, but never never mentioned how he got there. Okay, which is I wish we knew. Yeah, I right. can't imagine he just hopped on the Isle of Wight ferry. Yeah, so at this point, the kids asked him, "Well, what, what, do, you know, because what do you live on? You know, you've got, you know." And he said, "Well, I drink the water, water, um, from this nearby river that they found him in, and he was eating berries, um, that he found in the local wooded area, um, and at this point, this is where it takes a another bizarre." Turn if you like, because he said this, is, you know, these berries, and he showed him a plate of berries, like. And what he did with these berries, he he took one berry and put it into his air hole, right? Pushed it into his air hole and basically jerked his head to the side, and the berry went from it being in his air hole to being inside his the triangle of his uh, eye. All right? right. At that point, he sort of thrust his head back the other direction and at this point it appeared in his mouth <laughs> right. all right and then okay. he and then he chewed it now this is a good trick and again you know if you was already thinking that this might be someone who some sort of children's entertainer dressed as a clown etc etc and now he's performing tricks well i could see how you could say that ah, this is just a person again he's seven foot tall but you know there are ways to make yourself Seven foot tall. So. Was, this is the thing as well. Like to a kid, I always you always say things that look big when you were a child looked. Yeah, well, that's that's the only thing we're going off. Um, a child's yeah. description of seven foot. I mean, a child's description of seven foot. If that kid's only three foot, could actually only could, be five yeah. and a half foot. Which yeah. you know, so he could be. He could be more. I mean, saying that though, I mean, they probably said he was taller than you, Dad. Sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the dad could have been six foot tall and they could have said he's taller than you. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So, the conversation inside the hut, for want of a better word, they the kids believe there was probably in there for around half an hour um, or so, let's say. And at that point, they, they said, look, you know, we shouldn't have really come over here in the first place. Uh, we better get back to where we was. And he didn't have any problem with that. All right. So I know it was getting creepy before, but he didn't say, no, you can't go, you know, or anything like that. He, um, or however he spoke, no, no, you go, go. He, he, um, what's for you to bury? Um, <laughs> he, he said, okay. And he showed him the way out. All right. So, okay. You know, lucky for them. Anyway, so they came outside yeah. and, um, they stay. They actually didn't like immediately leave. They spoke to him again outside the um, the hut for a little while, and 
this point, the girl remembers seeing two guys working on a fence, just alongside the hut there, alongside the river there. Um, and they never once looked across at them, or this strange being. Uh, it's almost like there was in some sort of bubble, like an, invis- like an invisible bubble. Mm. Uh, and these people couldn't see them. Um, and again, people are familiar with the 411 stuff, the missing, missing people stuff. Um, this does pop up from time to time where people are in, and you know, we've covered stories as well, like some of the fairy stories or say something similar where people, um, are almost in this, um, in the old days, you've got like an enchantment, you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, you're there, you've not physically, you know, physically left this plane, you know, but people in the plane can't see you. Yeah. It's, it's very bizarre, but, the fact that these two workmen are there, you know, 50 yards away, I think you know, she said about 50, I think she said 20 feet away, actually, um, is very close, right? Mm. Uh, a guy, a giant, a giant clown talking to two children, you're going to have a look at that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so she's pretty confident, and I, I, I believe she's right, that they couldn't be seen from the outside whilst I was talking to this uh, being. Mm. Okay, so the kids left the area and the first man that they came across who happened to be playing on the golf course as they went through this wooded area and the golf course sort of butts up to it at the front if you like. As as they were walking across there they came across a guy on a golf course and they told him that they'd seen a ghost. Okay. Because that's what they'd asked him. Yeah. All right, and this is where we get this, you know, ghost or spaceman type thing. Mm. And obviously this bloke just laughed his ass off, right? Yeah, well, you would, Yeah, you? so they were like, right, that didn't go down so well. Um, and this is the one thing with kids, right? It's like, even if you think stuff's, you know, a lot of this stuff's crap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if your kid comes to you and says, I just saw the Loch Ness Monster, right, whatever it is, to turn around to that kid and say, that's absolute, you know what I mean? Yeah. It dissuades them from ever speaking to you about any of these things again. And again, when we grow up, um, like I say, this was the 70s, but when we grew up, you know, if you went to your, your old man and said, I've just seen a ghost, even if you, you know, you had seen a ghost, he's going to say, pull yeah. yourself together, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know my dad would be the same. And, and, and you're like, oh, well, waste of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. You've got to play along with it. And I know it sounds stupid, but I mean, like, I had, uh, just completely off topic, but you just reminded me of it. Um, my middle child, she was going through a stage where she was a bit scared of going to bed. Now, obviously, kids go through this, and she said there was a monster under her bed. Now, whether she's watched Monsters, Inc. and decided, yeah, yeah. but I remember having to go into her room, open her bedroom window pretend to fight with a monster and throw it out the bedroom window. After that, she went to sleep. And even now, if you ask her what happened, like she's nine years old now, but if you ask her, say to her, what happened to that monster under your bed? She'll go, daddy threw it out the window. So she knows to come to me if there is anything like that. And I know it sounds real crazy to to even contemplate something like that, but you've got to, you can't just shut kids down with this because if I'd have gone, don't be a fucking idiot, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Then if ever if there was anything yeah, it's in a our room, situation, then isn't it? Yeah, she's never going to tell me. So just well, go have a sip of tea. Yeah, go for it. Mm. Very British. It's bloody cold. Um. Okay, so 
again, they spoke to this guy. They said they seen a ghost. He laughed his ass off. So now they're like, right, well, we're not telling anybody. Yeah. So even though they discussed it between themselves and they said, was it a ghost? Was it a man in a costume? You know, they were trying to work out what this could be as well. Um, when they got home, they didn't tell any. They didn't tell anybody for I think it was about three weeks. And eventually, the girl got round to telling her dad what she'd seen because it was still playing on the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the dad didn't initially throw it out. Um, again, this is the seventies, but he didn't initially throw it out because he'd actually witnessed something strange himself. Okay. Um, Makes sense. He's- yeah. So, he could see from his daughter's description and the f- the the way she explained what she'd seen and the emotion um, and all the, all the things that went with it, he could see that she, he didn't believe she was lying or making it up. And again, he asked her questions, um, you know, he, he left her a day and then asked her questions and she, she gave exactly the same answers what she gave the previous day and the, the next time he asked and things like that. So the story never changed. Even though the story was bizarre, the story remained the same. And he, he, he genuinely believed that they'd seen something. Now, again, whether it was, you know, people say like, um, you know, this mass hallucination, shared hallucination bollocks, doesn't exist, people, right? Get it out of your heads. This does not happen, mm. right? It's never, never happened. Um, the, the, the thing at Fatima and things like that, people say, well, it was a mass hallucination. This thing appeared in the sky and everyone dreamt that they saw it. Don't no. happen. Don't happen. Um, personally speaking, I just don't believe it's happened. I don't, I've not seen one I, convincing case no, of shared I, hallucination. No, I can't believe it. I mean, there was that story, um, I saw it a few weeks ago, of uh, a UFO caught live on TV. Did you ever see that? It was in... Mm. Uh, I've seen loads of them. But no, it was it was uh, literally a TV camera. They bought came down to a beach, Spanish, southern... South American country, I can't remember the bloody country, but they brought a, a TV camera down to the beach, two or three hundred people, and they caught this light live on TV. It was, oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think I have, yeah. Yeah, and they were saying after that, that was, oh, no, everyone hallucinated it. And they like, hang on a minute, it's caught, one, it's caught yeah, on TV, yeah. and they two, actually, there's too many people yeah, there. They were to, there to see them, weren't they? Yeah. It had been happening for yeah. a while, hadn't I mean, they, yeah. they reckon it could have been a ship, which yeah, it I, I think potentially the, the, it could have been. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, you massively. But they were actually there to see that. Because yeah. this has been happening for weeks. It wasn't like they just caught it because they was filming something else. They actually went specifically in order to see for that, that and yeah. then they saw it. Yeah, and then it's mass hallucination. Well, again, um, could it be make believe? Children do have imaginations, but then there's some details like the father points out that the kids said that when it first saw it, three fingers came up on the thing. Later on, they describe it having three toes. So you had three toes, three fingers, that sort of thing, yeah. uh, which would be consistent with you know, the way the, normally the world works. Mm. Um, things like that. But like I say, a father, so three years earlier, so this is October 20th, uh, 1970, he was driving towards St. Helens on the Isle of Wight um, on his way from Skank- Skanklin to Ride, okay, to visit a friend. He suddenly saw in the sky a large, multi-lit aircraft flying low over the marshland along the River Yar. He pulled over to observe the craft and noted that it had a wide ring of seven or more lights that could be seen, each of them 
uh, large and clearly defined spheres. All right. Hmm. And he described them as being like a bright red cherry. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, a red light. Yeah. But, but basically, um, yeah, very similar to um, we did the Exeter incident. Um, no, if you guys hadn't listened to that one, was, I don't think it was that far back, but um, it was a story of a UFO that was seen over Exeter in America, but the description of the craft there is very similar to this. It had like a ring of lights that went around it and they sort of um, alternated in the pattern, so they sort of went like red, white, red, white, red, white, red, white, white, and, then the, and then it went sort of like... In a one, two, three, four, five, and then backwards, five, four, four, three, one. You know what I mean? That mm. sort of thing. And he describes the same thing in this craft. So, you know, just putting it out there. Potential. But, um, who knows? Um, and again, like the, the lights in between change between the, the, the color of sort of white to a turquoise color. All right. Uh, again, there was no sound, which is common in these sorts of things. The object continued to fly parallel to him, eventually flying around 300 yards behind his car while rotating slowly. After stopping his car once again, he got out and stood there and signaled to the craft with his torch. Um, you know, like an SOS type thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Your um, standard Morse code one. He, he was pretty convinced that the aircraft what he could see, this spaceship, what you want to call it, was responding to his signalling, which, again, is not uncommon in these situations. You know, people do this now uh, with laser pens and torches and all sorts of things. You know, they will signal and the craft will react to that. Yes. Um, Me, personally, from my own experience of a UFO, I'm not sure if the craft itself is conscious. I'm not, yeah. Rather, you know, I, I don't know if the craft is organic rather than the, the people inside. I'm not really sure how it all works. Um, but you know we, we could be talking about a thousand years a million years of uh, more technology couldn't you I don't know but they do seem to interact with you and, it, and he believed that this one was interacting with him um, again as he moved it would follow him so there's some intelligence behind it let's, let's just call it that Two years later, on March the 1st, 1972, between 10 and uh, 9pm, he was sitting on the cliffside of Compton Bay, having been driving uh, there, having been driven there by an unexpected tidal surge seemingly caused, in part at least, by some form of droning underwater craft. Alright, so he he felt like he was being drawn to this area okay and from this location on the cliffside he spotted two yellow lights approximately 40 feet away peering at, peering up at him like eyes of some horrible sea monster um, not far below the surface of the water after observing the phenomena the tide eventually went back out freeing him uh, from this sort of trance that he was in and he was able to get back in his car and drive home so, bit strange. Yeah. Um, the daughter, his daughter, who was obviously the girl, saw the clown. Um, 
you know, having these experiences, when she came to him uh, with her experience, it, it, that's the reason that he didn't poo-poo it. And yeah. it's also the reason why he relayed it to Bufora as a, a an alien, a UFO encounter. So it's, to him, this was an alien, all right, because... I should point out that the location between where she'd seen this thing and he'd seen the craft a couple of years prior was about a mile apart. Yeah, so, so you know, there's a similarity they're there. They're not that far apart. So he, he's literally going, well, I've seen something weird in the sky over this area. I've seen this thing in the water, again, which is really strange. Um, and she's seen this. And yeah. this thing couldn't describe what he was. You know, he wasn't a man. He wasn't a ghost. Mm, you kind of know what I am. Which Suggests. we don't. <laughs> no. So, was it an alien? All right. Um, and again, Bufora, they believe, well, if this did happen, maybe the alien took on the persona of a clown, right? To seem more friendly, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, because he might have frightened the kids off if he, if he had appeared as whatever he was. Mm. Um, again, you know, it's difficult, isn't it, to... Um, it's yeah. difficult to, you know, say that's true, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean you don't know, do you? It makes sense on one level. Um, yeah, there's a lot of strange things to it, isn't there? There's a lot, there is a lot of moving parts here. So, I mean, ghost, spaceman. So, I'm not I mean, sure. Cryptid. I mean, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's cryptid because. No, the they it don't is. tend to. But. I don't know. I mean, the t- he had technology, didn't he? He produced this microphone uh, that he could speak into, and you know that sort of resonated in their heads. Because um, remember, other people aren't hearing this. It's almost just as if the kids, these two kids, were he- were hearing this. Nobody else. Mm. So, you know, my money on the ba- on the basis of the story, whether the story is believable or not. Um, if the story is 100% accurate, my money's got to be on some form of out of space. To me, a, if it is a ghost, from my experience with ghosts, which is very minimal, but they don't tend to talk. Mm. You know, they tend to communicate through certain ways, you know, through candles and yeah. Ouija boards, Maybe things 90, like that. Like 99 times out of 100. But, yeah. yeah, but how many times do you ever hear of a ghost actually physically talking to Unless someone? Unless it's electronically recorded. Mm. Yeah, not very. But Yeah, I'm not buying that. So, it's, let's assume that this story is real. And, that, and you know, the detail, the description, um, I, don't know, I think there's a lot to it. To make it to me a little bit more than imagination, yeah. So, um, and again with him having experience, I mean his own experience, the UFO. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, that's interesting. Uh, that's intriguing. But to be drawn to a place where you overlook the water and you see this craft under the water, sort of looking back at you like it, you know, it was meant to be type thing. I mean that's weird. I mean that's really weird, isn't it? So, yeah, I think so. Um, so obviously with him having that that thing he's not going to throw out what she said but ghost I don't think it's a ghost I really don't no could it be somebody dressed up Mm, could be but it doesn't explain how how the sound was produced 
doesn't drum, explain drum enough, there. does it? No, as, as it someone... doesn't really, because you have to start. I think, do you know, like we used to say, like, um, you know, the simplest explanation was it was it um, Sherlock Holmes? Mm. Yeah, you know, the simplest thing. If you if you get rid of everything else, and what is left is what was, the, what was the quote? The, the simplest explanation is normally the right one or something similar yeah, to that. Yeah, it was similar. That wasn't it, though. No, I know it's I not it. said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people will be screaming at the radio now. I, I know. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Um, no, I can't. I'll Google it in a minute. But um, Google it. Okay, but anyway, I'll, I'll um, it. yeah, Sherlock Holmes is elementary, wasn't it? So that was one of them. But anyway, the point is, again, with sceptics, they will say... Well, it's someone dressed as a clown, and then they have to explain this, and then they have to explain this, and then they have to explain this, and before you know it, they're explaining fifteen different things of one encounter. It's Occam's Razor. Oh, it yeah. says the simplest solution is almost always the best. Yeah. Well, I think Sherlock Holmes said something similar, didn't he? I don't know. It just says Occam's Razor. When you've got rid of everything else, what's left is the truth. Yeah, Occam's Razor is. Similar, similar thing, but it's more scientific based, isn't it? Um, but um, anyway, the point is, again, if you're going to say it's a person dressed up, here we go. Got it. The simplest explanation for some phenomenon is more likely to be accurate than more compelled, more complicated explanations. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what That's your skeptics will do. So your skeptics will say, um, like Joe Nickel, people are out and making money. Now, don't get me wrong, he's making money from being a skeptic, so I totally get that, you know what I mean? If that's his bag, and he wants to put... Like a lot of these priests, you know, a lot of these priests put on the gear to make money from going to church and all that. They don't even believe it. What bugs me, though, is people make money out of discrediting people like us, but yet people like us don't make money. Yeah, well... <laughs> but well, a lot of people will say, oh, this guy wrote this story to make money, but he ain't making money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in fact, he's probably... Again, he left his name out of this for very good reason because if he had to, if he had to put his name to this, oh, he probably would have been discredited. Been yeah, if he, if, I mean, if he was in the military, or anything like that, or you know, he'd been gone. But again, you know, the, it's like the um, uh, Hopkins goblins and things like that. You know, where he's coming out saying, "Oh, it was a barn owl and shit like that." You know, there's it was an owl in a tree, and people fucking shot the fuck out of their house because they saw an owl walking on the ground. You know what I mean, mm. even the biggest owl you've ever seen in your life. He's not going to cause you to blow holes in your house. No. To kill it. No. Um, what is it doing to you? So, but I don't again, particularly it, like owls, though. They're, they're beautiful to look at, but they do freak me out. Yeah. You ever seen an owl when they lift up the... They've seen the legs on an owl? Yeah. That's well, a freaky... You shave them, don't they? That's yeah. freaky as shit, though. They've got long legs. But, you, but again, <laughs> going back to what he was saying, though. You know what skeptics will say. Yeah. They'll say, "Oh, it's a man in a costume," but then they won't explain any of the things that go with it. No. Um, oh, the kids must have been making up the siren. Well, how did they get there then? Because there was there was led there by the siren. Oh well, they just got there by chance and then just made up the story afterwards. It's like, mm, you know, how did he do the thing with the berry? And how does a what? How old was she? Seven. Yeah. How does a seven-year-old keep the story the same every single time? Well, I mean, no, I struggle to do that now. If yeah. I was to make up a story, I think even I would struggle. Well, that's what they always say about liars. have a good memory, aren't they? Mm. But, I don't know, for me, you know, I'm willing to go down... Not as a, I don't think it's an alien race of beings that dress as clowns, right? I think no. it's more like, more likely that it's it's the way he appeared to the children. I think that's the most likely yeah, explanation. If we'd, if we'd walked upon him, maybe he would have appeared as a guy in a suit. Mm. 
I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, if I'd walked up on him and he appeared like Pamela Anderson or something, um, <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking at the time. Well, then, there's a thought. Yeah. Then, yeah, then, then, then we don't know, but to not, to not alarm the children, because even in that situation, if it was a man that crawled out from under the bridge, the kids are off. Yeah. Right. Because that's just fucking weird. Yeah. Or if it's in its own form or whatever, yeah. then, yeah. So, a clown. I don't know. I mean, again, it could be that, like a, sev- a seven-year-old's description. You know, it could be that actually didn't look anything like a fucking clown. Like it could actually have been a form of spacesuit or whatever. Yeah, well, there is, a, and that was there is a picture. A clo- yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. That you know, the, the but the kid, the, the, they 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 said that is accurate. Oh, right. Okay, so that's what enough. they saw. Yeah. Oh yeah. It does so look I, that's like what so I know what you're saying. But yeah, but the the picture actually does look like a clown. Yeah, to all sense of purposes, doesn't it? Yeah. And again, if you haven't seen the picture, look at the picture. I'll put it on the Facebook page, and I'll, if I can, I'll put it in the show notes so you can yeah. click on there and have a look because it is interesting. Yeah, it looks like a. If you can imagine the old freak shows from like the 1910s, 1920s, it's one of those sort of clowns. It looks like Do you a know, very traditional clown, very yeah. old yeah. school clown. Yeah, but freaky. Yeah, I mean, if I so. saw that, I'd be, I'd be gone. If um. Again, if you've got any ideas on it or know something similar, similar sort of story, then please let us know and get to us at supernaturalpod at gmail.com. That's supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Obviously, you can contact us by Facebook, uh, direct messages there or on the group, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had, uh, we've had a few, few more people join the group recently. So yeah. that's always good. Um, get yourselves on the group. It's, it's worth getting on there because, um, if there's ever an update for whatever reason, um, you well, know, again, where a lot we- of the, a lot of the, the shows we do where there is imagery and things like that, they go on there. Mm. Um, and a lot of them do have a bit of imagery or, or something to go- accompany the show. Um, so it's always worth, you know, just getting on and yeah, having, a, having look. a look. Um, but I, so we, we say it every, every week. Um, and I, I mean, I did mention it there, but that wasn't the reason, but like I said, you know, we don't make, we don't make money off this podcast. So we do have a Patreon, which, uh, is, is available. Um, normally the, it's in the show notes, the Patreon link. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you can get over to there, you can pay anything, you can pay anything you want. I think the minimum is $5 a month. Um, and that just goes to supporting the podcast, helping us out, buying new equipment. Um, yeah, I mean, people have been generous enough to know, donate onto the old tip jazz. Yeah, so thank you yeah, thank you. you, know you a, yeah, I'm not always conf- not always sure that people want to be named. No, you know, for, but I mean, I can say like um, Sarah, Paul, Sean, all that. You know, you guys, you know, who you are fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing. I mean, a lot of people. Um, they do. They do use the tip jar, and that, that's uh, that's awesome because you know it. Yeah. Some people don't want to sign up to a monthly thing. No. Um, some people. I mean, obviously, in, in those instances, they're they're paying more than what the uh, the Patreon is anyway. So it's it might just be the yeah, you know we really like you guys. You know, so here's t-shirts, things like that. Yeah. But just but, before we go, I wanted to mention because uh, we mentioned it the other day, but there was a there's a lad at work who um, was delivering a package to a house. Um, mm. and something weird happened so I thought I'd just share it on here before we go but it, essentially he knocked on the door and you know he went up to the door he had the parcel and it was a glass fronted door Um, 
and he saw somebody move. So as you can imagine, if you can, you, it's a foggy glass door, but you could see in front of you there was a corridor that led to the kitchen at the back of the house, and they had a room off either side and a staircase down one side, going up, you know, going upstairs. But the the um, had a room to the left, room to the right. So as he's looking down this corridor, straight in front of him, a, f- a figure moved from the right-hand side room across the corridor into the left-hand uh, room. And he thought, what, well, they've gone to get the key for the door. You know, fairly typical. Um, so he stood there for, you know, 15, 20 seconds longer, and this figure didn't return. So he's thought, was that just coincidence? I knocked on the door. Because we do get a lot of people who are, who are elderly who are deaf, Right, mm. so it's, it's not uncommon that you'll be knocking. You'll see them in the kitchen there. You'll be knocking on the door, and you see the movement. You think, "Oh, they've heard you," and then you stood there for ages, and they're still pottering about the kitchen, and they haven't heard you. But you, you know, you see the movement, and you think, "Ah, oh, well, they've heard me," but they haven't. So, you know, a further twenty seconds went by, and he knocked on the door again, and this figure came out from the left-hand room now and shot down to the kitchen. And like I say, it's just somebody. You know, it's all intents and purposes, head to toe, wearing black clothing. Um. And it was in the kitchen for a little bit, and he was like, "Oh, you know, what's going on here?" Getting you know frustrated now, so he knocks on the door again. Anyway, with that, this figure shot from. So you can imagine he's looking straight down his corridor. The kitchen's at the end. This figure stood in the kitchen. It shot from the kitchen all the way up to the glass, banged against the front the glass in the door, um, and he said, "You know, it went from the, the kitchen to the door in like half a second. Banged on the banged on the door." right up to the door like and then it just shot back into the kitchen um, and that all took place in like half a second bang bang and um well he just left the parcel and got out of there. yeah I would yeah. have done as well yeah but you know I did say to him well you know I'd have been so intrigued with that I would have rung that customer you know I would have gone back later on and just said you know was somebody here earlier because I came and I saw somebody in the kitchen and all that and just see what they they said because I you know like I say I would have been intrigued enough to Something like that in that house can't just be. No, I think I would have. Um, I would have liked to have gone back. I think for me personally, I I wouldn't have left it. I would have gone back purposely mm. later, or called the house phone to see if there was anyone in, and then you know gone back a bit later. Yeah, I, I, think... I definitely would have been more intrigued just to. Yeah, because like I say, if it's a shadow man, whatever it is, then the chances of it just being there that time that he was there, it's pretty slim. I mean. It... It's yeah. pretty slim, and you'd think that there's something going on in there that they yeah. may have witnessed themselves. And if he goes around and says, "You know, I saw," it, and they say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," it'd just be interesting. We have some weird things happen. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, it's interesting. Uh, just a little end, that. little end story for you. So, if you can, please share the show. I mean, if you can, hey, if you listen to enough shows and you think, "Wow, well, it's worth five dollars or whatever, or five quid," then stick it in the tip jar. You know, if you yeah. do that like three, four times a year, whatever. That I mean, if everyone that's listening drops. Five dollars in the tip jar. To be honest, if everyone listening dropped one dollar in the tip jar a month, we would be able to quit work. Yeah, that's that's the reality of it. One dollar, one dollar, yeah. Every month would mean that me and Lee would be able to leave work and do this full time and put more episodes out. Yeah, Um, probably some different shit as well. Yeah, but that's um, that's the 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 amount of listeners we have and the amount of people that come back regularly, and we love that that you come back regularly and listen. Mm. Um, But yeah, yeah, if we've that's quite a, a strange reality, isn't it? I mean, we have what yeah. somewhere between five and ten thousand listeners it's, a week. It's um, yeah. So I if, mean, you, that's was, it, yeah. if um, you was to get that a month, one dollar a month, I, I think I could live off 
three grand yeah. a month quite easily. But yeah, so anyway, that's uh, digressing a but little yeah, bit. But yeah, but if you don't, but I mean, ultimately, you know, caring, uh, sharing is caring. So if exactly. you can share the show, obviously that helps us out as well. And then we'll be back as soon as we can with another episode. We've got some stuff lined up that I think you'll be uh, very interested in, some exciting yeah. shows. I so. found a new creepy pasta for everyone as well. Uh, good oop. So, uh, yeah, we've got a few new stories for you. Ghost story. Um, and another UFO story. And a creation story. I mean, I was I was watching a, um, something the other day about this guy, and he, I think it was Argentina, and he was, I think I told you, but he was depressed. And um, his, his, his wife had left him, he's one of them, and he's depressed, and he's biking along. Um, not a care in the world, you know. In fact, he's, he's almost suicidal at this point. And he's biking along, biking along, and he comes over this, he's up in the mountains and that, and he comes around this... Um, sort of blind area and as he comes around there's a craft in the valley below him there's a craft there and he, he don't know what it is it's just he describes it as like a silver dish um, and he thought well, that's interesting got nothing to lose so he backed over to it anyway as he approached closer it was um, yeah like I say it was a silver dish but it had a ramp going up to it the door was open and there was a ramp going up you know like a typical flying yeah, saucer yeah. sort of thing and uh, there was a being outside collecting something off the ground, which later turned out to be grasshoppers, I think. But there was a short being outside. Um, I think he described it about four and a half foot tall, something like that, in a silver suit, helmet on, all the rest of the garb. And he thought, well, this is interesting. I've got no to lose. I'm suicidal. So he thought, fuck it. And he just drove, he just rode his bike straight into the UFO, up the ramp, <laughs> into the UFO. And he said he got in there and there was like two, two beans inside and they were like looking at him like, what the hell's going on here? You know what I mean? This madman just biking Riding around bike. the UFO. And he just biked around for a little while, had a look at the place and that. And they didn't kill him on sight. So he thought, well, maybe they're not totally hostile. And, um, he came outside and he spoke to the one that was outside and he could communicate with him in his head. Um, and it basically said there was collecting grasshoppers as doing some sort of experiment. Um, anyway, he spoke for him for a few minutes and then he said, well, I'll be on my way sort of thing. And then just left. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's weird that, isn't it? You know, to think of, I don't, my first instinct wouldn't be to ride a push bike into, but then he was suicidal. So it was like, he had no fear. It was just. Yeah, as it is. But anyway, that being said, it's another weird story. If you've got a weird story like that, then please share it with us. The weirder, the better. If you've encountered something strange or you've seen a ghost or whatever and you want to share that with us, send it to us. Come on, yeah, they don't have to be long stories. We can get them. No, no, we can just compile those together and that. It's it's always worth uh, reading them. So, yeah. Yeah, as long as it's not fucking orbs and it's just dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like that shit. But um, anything else, fantastico. Um, but that being said, well, we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Mm-hmm.